Hello, welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. My name is Nathan Foster, and each week I have the opportunity to interview someone around different themes related to spiritual formation. And this week my guest is Kai Nielsen, and Kai is a Lutheran pastor of a church outside of Columbus, Ohio. Kai has been a part of the Renovare ministry team for a number of years uh, and has recently written a new book. His book is called Renew Your Life, Discovering the Wellspring of God's Energy. So, enjoy. Kai, how are you? Doing very well. Thanks, Nate. Good. Hey, this is a a great pleasure to me because I get to uh, interview you about this fantastic new book. Renew Your Life, Discovering the Wellspring of God's Energy. And I've, I've been honored to get to watch you, journey with you as you work through this process. So I get to, it's like Christmas for me too. <laughs> it's quite a process, as you know, that's for sure. Yeah, you you did it well, man. You didn't you. crash and fall apart like I did, so. <laughs> <laughs> From hey, what you know. <laughs> From what I know, yeah. <laughs> Hey, give us your um, overview, a summary of what this book's about for people who might be interested. Really, it's about personal transformation. Okay. And and it happens uh, that I, I embed it in the creation story because there's something that I've discovered in talking with people from lots of different walks of life where uh, they found a consistent narrative of how life changes for them. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading the Genesis 1 story, uh, I discovered these themes that were embedded in it. And I ended up using the language of, of creative, renewable energies. One, uh, the creative because they are embedded in the creation story. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. you have to be an artist to uh, receive these energies. Yeah. Uh, renewable, uh, they're always there. And, uh, you know, you think about that image of a, of a wind turbine. I mean, mm. all we do is catch the wind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, wind, the wind is the thing that does the work. And so can we put ourselves into a place where we can catch that wind and receive that energy? And then energy because, you know, Paul talks about in a couple places. One is Philippians uh, when he talks about that um, God is at work within you. Mm. And when he uses the word work there, it's energeion, which is energy. Okay. Hmm. And so that God's energy is part of your life. Hmm. And so that's, that's how that a, verse is, would be translated. Yeah. There that's are actually three times in, in those two sentences where the word energeion is used. Uh, and, uh, and so, it's, again, it's God's energy is working within you to make you alive. Mm-hmm. And so I experienced in my own life a time when I felt absolutely depleted, absolutely bereft of energy. For living, and I had to come to grips with the fact that I couldn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And you know, and here I was a pastor who'd been teaching this stuff for <laughs> many years, and then I personally hit it, and all of a sudden I had to discover: uh, is this real for me too? Mm-hmm. And through a process of working with, you know, uh, a spiritual director for a while, through lots of conversations with loved people. Um, I regained the sense that God has been working on these things from the very beginning and I need to be open to God's renewable energies. And so I lifted out what I called seven of these renewable creative energies in the creation story. Create the uh, creative renewable energy of grace. So okay. God's life comes to us as a gift. 
possibility because the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of chaos. God was always there. There's something always possible. Uh, paradox, which was uh, the splitting of light and darkness, was the first act of creation. Uh, but they only exist in relationship to each other. Mm. And guess what? And there's light and darkness in the world. There's light and darkness within us. We just got to deal with that paradox all the time. But it can be energizing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the natural world, which is most of the creation story. Relationships. God created us to be in relationship. God created us to be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. And also the rhythm of rest. You know, we it's this active engagement of the world that we're, we're called to be. But we're also called to live in disengagement mm-hmm. and to pull away mm-hmm. and to find renewed energy in that. So it, it was a process for me of rediscovering the stuff that's always been there mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and putting some language around it that then became part of my own renewal process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. What, what do you hope people to get out of reading the book? You know, the, as I've discovered so far with the people who've read manuscripts uh, and have, who, who picked it up in the first couple of weeks – uh, there's a real uh, connective storyline, I think. Um, a lot of people are struggling in our culture. I mean, it's an intense, fast-paced, five-hour energy culture that we live in. <laughs> and uh, and they're completely wiped out. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely wiped out. And they they function from day to day, but they don't feel alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think the connective part for them so far has been uh, – being able to say, wow, you too, uh, that's a good thing, <laughs> right? When we figure out that there are companions on this journey, but also the sense of hopefulness that mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can actually make intentional decisions uh, to avail of ourselves to this energy of God that's always there. Um, but we just step into that energy flow and uh, are made a little bit more alive a mm-hmm. bit at a time. Mm-hmm. So, um that's you know that's my hope that there's I've, I've kind of try to tap into something that I think is happening across this culture just mm-hmm. because of the insanity of what we've designed. Um, I also think it, it has uh, my hope is that there's the connectivity for people who what's the language the language is you know spiritual but not religious that's kind of the jargon that are, is used in our culture. So then they, there's probably enough of the religious language that they have somewhere in their background, mm-hmm. but they've been kind of turned off by maybe the organized church part of it, but they still want to be a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this gives them a way to do that. Okay. Um, the, the language is broad enough. The language is invitational enough. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I hope yep. that, um, it says I, I get a chance to maybe rethink that this God of creation, you know, that I know in Jesus and that I'm very specific of, that's who I know in Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but is is creating an invitation for them to, to a renewed life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very practical too, right? I mean, yeah. you leave people with uh, things that they can be invited into practicing. Yeah. Well, there are two things, you know, one of the, um, in each of the, the chapters on the creative energies, I include what I, I call, uh, essential life questions mm-hmm. because, you know, my assertion is the reader is the expert in their life, right? 
And so they're going to have to answer these questions for themselves. Uh, I present, you know, an invitation. I present, create a picture of how I've tried to respond to these questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but in the end, it's something that the reader is going to have to do. And sure. so it gives people a chance to, you know, take that journey on their own. Have you, have you had any groups? Have you heard from any groups who have used it together yet? We have. Uh, this is a number of years ago when I was working with some of the concepts we did. But I, but I haven't had – this is the first time that this is out in the specific context of those life questions. Okay. In this in this order and in this process, so um, more piecemeal as far as you know, as I'm volleying out different yeah. ideas to people I've known over the years uh, and in groups that I've been a part of. Yeah, what well, just but came not, out too, right? Correct. It was yeah, what, I was. It's hot. It was in my hot. hands for the first time two weeks ago. <laughs> I know it was. It was great. Well, what I one thing that it's a real added benefit to me. And and you're so good at doing it is the study guide. Mm -hmm. uh, so the back, just for people listening, the the last you know 15 pages or so is is a study guide and, and would work wonderfully for groups where it's just got you know check in, connect, contemplate, commit, close. So that yeah. process, and then these simple but just full life questions. Um, I'd love to. I'm sure many groups will, would would really find this helpful uh, to work together through. Yeah, I think you know my my thought was you know I present these essential life questions, and I know I've read you know hundreds of books over the years where people present profound questions, mm -hmm. and then what I do is I just read on. You know, <laughs> too often I just read on. And I, I know, know that would be the case for many. <laughs> but I thought if people were going to re-engage those questions. So the study guide itself is just built on those questions. Yep. So I take the essential life questions from each of those chapters. And I then I add three or four questions underneath them. So, for instance, the first one is, you know, what is your image of God? Because mm -hmm. I think your image of God says so much about not only how we understand our relationship with God, but then how we live that in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I'd ask three or four questions about where, where does that image come from? Because mm -hmm. I think an unexamined, I think we have an image of God, whatever that is, but do we, have we taken the time to actually think, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Did I just take it from my parents? Did I heard it from a pastor? I listened to someone on the radio or, you know, where, where does all this come from for us? Mm -hmm. And so that was the process in the study guide. And, just to get people back into those essential life questions uh, and take them one, two, three more layers deeper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I'm sure it'll be really helpful. Very, very good stuff. Tell me about the practices. You know what I just, uh, what I know in my own life and what I've experienced with people is that it's it's one thing to engage a concept intellectually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it only comes alive when we, uh, participate in it experientially. Mm -hmm. And so for each of the, uh, creative renewable energies, what I did was include, uh, one or two fairly simple, some are a little bit more complex, but, uh, exercises that people could do consistently mm -hmm. in order to maybe embed that creative energy a little bit more deeply into who they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, so, for instance, with uh, the chapter on uh, grace, there's a, a prayer that I've led 
our community in frequently. It's a very simple prayer, and and it's when you when you breathe in, you know, you th- you think of grace coming into you, and when you breathe out, you say, you know, how will I extend grace into the world? And so it's a grace in, grace out exercise, and so it's about receiving the goodness and graciousness of God. And can you? How are you? On what level are you taking that in? And then if we're the cool thing about grace is that grace lives itself out in relationship to the world. And so how do you imagine that then going out to the people that you meet each week? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, none of it's meant to, in the, in the end, just be for you. It's for you to be renewed enough that your life can be more fully engaged, uh, yes. in the kingdom, in the kingdom. It's not, this isn't a self-help book. No, no. I, if it was, I, I would have probably ended it with a a much more, you know, you're awesome. <laughs> you're a hundred percent good all the time. You can do this. Uh, but I ended with a, more of a, uh, you know what? These things come back to us, yeah. And, and we can learn, and we're going to keep moving forward because the grace of God is going to keep inviting mm-hmm. us forward. Mm-hmm. So be open to that. Yeah, yeah. I want to read something. Uh, it's page one twenty one, and this is the chapter on rest. Mm. And I mean, that's just a, that's a helpful, helpful topic for us to work with. To live a Sabbath life, we must struggle with the tension of living in a culture that puts its trust in busyness as a badge of honor, rather than restoration as a building block for our humanity puts its confidence in our ability to produce rather than God's desire to provide for us, pins its hopes and striving for achievement of greatness rather than soaking in God's affirmation of grace. That's a great line, great paragraph. Talk to me a little bit about the energy of rest and, and maybe even practically what do you encourage people with that? And what did you find in, in, in working with this uh, idea found in the Genesis narrative? Yeah. You know, the cool thing is when you go back, uh, even in the, the biblical narrative, it's not just rest for people. Mm-hmm. It's rest for the land. It's rest for all creation. And so there are Sabbath rhythms that go, you know, for the livestock, for the fields, um, there's the year of Jubilee, of restoration, you know, seven years times seven. And so it's built into the fabric of not only our, our relationship with God, but also with our relationship with one another and all of creation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that was just a great reminder to me that it's not just, all right, people get tired, they need to sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's more than that. It's <laughs> actually the way that this world operates. And so for me... Uh, boundaries ended up being a very important thing for me to to reestablish um, because I think it's easy to uh, get wrapped up in other people's expectations of you, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you're concerned about that, and if you're drawn to that, you lose your sense uh, of pace and rhythm in your own life. And so, uh, as simple as guarding my day off which was a huge thing, you know, because it's very easy to slip away from that and to justify, you know, that 
you know, somebody needs me or whatever it might be. So I need to respond. Um, but I, I just can't do that over time. Mm-hmm. So out of necessity, it drove me to rethink just the, the normal rhythms of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a very important one. And then to drop it into also the concept of what do I need during the day. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that really was the, the driver for uh, a lot of the more specific quieting practices that that I've started to develop in the last X number of years. Uh, I'm an extrovert, so it was it was hard for me to sit in a chair in the corner. Um, but man, I've learned the value of it, and 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 the value of, of praying by doing nothing mm. versus praying by saying everything that's already making me anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that that. That's been a huge learning for me in the process of of living the stuff that I've that I end up writing about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, it, it is helpful for me to think that God designed us with limitations. Yeah, and and He was probably intentional in that. Uh, yeah. he was, is very well aware of that, and and that we don't need to fight that. Yeah. Well, if you said, I mean, you think about the the core story in Genesis three. What is it? There's a limit. Yeah. And when sin breaks out, what do we do? We cross limits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that happens in between people. You know, when we violate the boundaries in between people, that's, you know, can be sinful. And when we, we cross our own limits, it's also an expression of our own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. We don't really believe uh, that God can take care of it and that the world will continue to exist and produce without us doing something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we keep striving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know what uh, What I really like, uh, I mean, just as a kind of side story, sometimes I don't like to meet authors because I, I want to appreciate their work for what it is and not have it ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I do this with music too. I don't want to see yeah. them. I like them too much. I might not like That's them right. anymore. <laughs> um, but the thing I the appreciate as you, knowing you is this is legitimate. I mean, when I think of you, I think of a person full of life. And um, I, I, I think it's born out of your own your own life in a, in a really authentic and beautiful way. So thanks for writing it. Very. Oh, well, it was, you know, I, at the end of it, it was, I know university press would like it to sell a little bit, but uh, <laughs> for me, at, for me at the end of it, it felt like I had done my thing, you know, I sure. could just, I could just go, wow, there it is. And, you know, it, Forced me to put together some things that I've been working on for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, for me that was an end enough in itself that people may benefit from it, which is which is also certainly a great hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's just that's just all icing on the cake. It's all bonus, yeah. No, yeah. People, people will benefit. This will be very helpful to lots of people. And again, the book is "Renew Your Life: Discovering the Wellspring of God's Energy." And uh, Kai, thanks again for sitting down talking with me. Appreciate it. Well, great to be on the journey with you.